You're listening to the Skylight Books Podcast. We're an independent, general interest bookstore putting great reads in the hands of people in the Los Feliz neighborhood of Los Angeles. Hosted by resident Skylighters, we're here to bring you new and exciting author conversations, group reads, and bookseller chats. Happy listening. Hello, lovely listeners, and welcome back to the Skylight Books Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Freeman, and today we are so excited to welcome Mahogany L. Brown to talk about her new YA novel, Vinyl Moon. Mahogany L. Brown is the executive director of Just Media, a media literacy initiative designed to support the groundwork of criminal justice leaders and community members. This position is informed by her career as a writer, organizer, and educator. Brown has received fellowships from Agnes Gund, Air Surenbe, Kav Canham, Poets House, Mellon Research, and Rauschenberg. She is the author of recent works, Chlorine Sky, Woke, A Young Poet's Call to Justice, Woke Baby and Black Girl Magic. As the founder of the Diverse Lit Initiative, Woke Baby Book Fair, Brown's latest project is a poetry collection responding to the impact of mass incarceration on women and children. I remember death by its proximity to what I love, Haymarket Books. She lives in Brooklyn, New York, and she is joining us today from Antigua. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here. Oh, the least I can do with this 80 degree weather <laughs> during winter. <laughs> Normally I'd be in Brooklyn uh, sitting sitting by the window looking at the snow and uh, it, it just has become a part of my writing process that uh, every year, every winter, December through April, I am somewhere warm so that I can, you know, still be of service to this art form, to this craft. Yeah, is, I love that. Mm-hmm. I started doing it in uh, Florida when I received a residency at Rauschenberg residency in Captiva, Florida. And that was it. I was so productive and healthy. And I just, I don't remember being that kind of happy since like summer school. And when I was in eighth grade, (laughs) you know, like you were excited to go to summer school because that meant like you had, you know, four more weeks of fun. So it's feeling like that all over again. and I, I do not take it, I do not take it lightly. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, we're so excited to have you and I'm so excited to talk to you about this book and that experience that you just described, it reminded me a little bit of uh, what our protagonist Angel is feeling when she starts out in a new place. Uh, do you want to start by giving us a little background, reading us a little section of this new book? Yeah, how do I bring you into Angel's world? Let's see. So Angel is a character from Chlorine Sky. That is one, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And I wanted to take that past memory that became its own world and uh, marry it to like this new new world uh, where I was teaching in New York City in Brooklyn uh, specifically and watching these young people just really thrive. even though there was so much pressure around them at all times. So this was my attempt at uh, really, you know, building a new landscape with uh, the, the, the young person in mind now, rather than using my experiences then, uh, which is what Chlorine Sky is really built off of. It was that one moment, that snapshot in time. So this is new for me too. I'm glad you read it and I'm gonna <laughs> introduce you. I'm gonna jump about because this still is, you know, a, a novel in prose. 
Uh, yeah. I call it hybrid. So it's prose, it's poetry, it's text message, it's, you know, epistolary. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'll a little bit of everything. Hello, Brooklyn. Goodbye, California. First day of school, East Coast, Brooklyn. And it's like I've never been alive like this before. I walk into Benjamin Banneker and the security guard asks me for my student ID. It's, it's my first day, I stutter. Not because I'm afraid, but because I'm confused. I've never had to have ID to come onto a school campus before. This is real different than California. But after that weird night with my ex-boyfriend Darius, my mom, she who I now call Elena, drove away with me in the front seat, tears falling down her eyes as she whimpered, you're moving to Brooklyn with your Uncle Spence. I was too numb to answer. My throat was a sea of sandpaper and I couldn't even cry. My eyes almost swollen from the fight that found me and Darius sprawled out on the hood of his Chevy Impala in the school parking lot is all I can think of, all over some dumb argument during a school basketball game. So when I mix my words, I think it makes me look guilty. I mean, it's my fault Darius is locked up, right? Go to the left, the security guard directs me. He has a tapered fade and black rim glasses. He is almost frowning at me. Maybe he thinks it's my fault too. Principal office chairs are the worst. I walk into the office with the glass covered by brightly colored flyers about the next PTA meeting, the importance of recycling and something about an open mic night. I'm a little surprised there is no, no bell to signal my arrival, but when the door recoils with a loud prison, prison door thud, I realize that is the signal itself. I sit in the first empty chair I see. The room is quartered off by a long plank of buffed wood and there are metal baskets lined up against the wall with last names in front of them, Burnett, Chambers, Elliot, Frederick. I'm reading the names silently when a brown skinned woman with a yellow printed head wrap and glasses latched to a golden chain around her neck walks in the office where more mailboxes line the wall next to a vase of sunflowers that look back at me. Golden globes of light, mom, I mean, Elena used to call them. They were her favorite. Remind, words that return me. I had no idea my whole life was a series of vignettes. I remember the day Amir, my little brother, was brought home in a cream colored blanket and a blue cap. I was with Uncle Spence waiting for the old gray two door cutlass to park in the garage. I was so excited to welcome my little brother, I squealed. My dad smacked my mouth closed with his rough sandpaper hands. Be quiet before you scare the baby to death. My hand over my mouth and the tears blurring my eyes. I think he hushed me for good. Uncle Spence said I wouldn't speak for another three weeks. Bookmarks, part two. Her hands move over to a brown book with the woman's face sketched in black. The woman's eyes are closed, her right shoulder naked and exposed. Now, this is Zorno Hurston, ahead of her time. No one really liked this book when it first came out, but it's so good. Actually, this was turned into a film too, with Halle Berry and what's his name? He has eyes like yours. I shrug. A lot of people have eyes like mine. Never mind, she continues and pulls out a hot pink index card. This book, their eyes were watching God, is Frank Ocean meets Gary Clark Jr. There is a deep sorrow to this book. There's a slow crawl through Florida landscaping, dealing with the effects of slavery and a woman being treated like a voiceless trophy wife because she is a black woman with light skin. 
This story unravels her journey as she searches for love and finds it's an unlikely character. The love story is breathtaking. I roll my eyes. She smiles tightly and returns it to the desktop. Okay, she sings, grabbing a red book and pulling out a red index card. Now this is Maya Angelou. She is an amazing poet who performed the inaugural poem for, yes, I know her. I'm excited to know the right answer, finally. My fingertips are buzzing. I rub my elbow and feel the energy scuttle through the room. I look at the red book. On the cover is a bright yellow sun and a black bird flying up. Great. I know why the cage bird sings is a collection of personal essays. Now, while they are autobiographical, they are still poetic and draw through many beautiful stories of her coming into her own. We get, witness, we get to witness her from childhood to marriage. Think the ethereal sound of James Blake meets the sweet, sad tide of Billie Holiday. Rewind, Oma. I had no idea my whole life was a series of vignettes quilted together into some kind of life. The first time I knew sadness had a name, I watched Elena and my dad fight. She was in the kitchen, I think. It was Christmas break, I think. Amir and I played with our toys next door, I think. She screamed, I think. We ran outside, I think. Amir cried, I think. The sky was still opening for the high sun's arrival, but we ran. I remember now. Our matching pajamas with Disney characters dancing on our chests as we raced next door to call our Oma. Her voice sang from the second ring, Merry Christmas. And my voice didn't sing because my heart was beating too fast. Oma, she's on the kitchen floor. He hit her, I croaked. Her voice turned from tinsel and glitter to hot stone. Here I come, don't move. We always got Brooklyn. During the last Her Leadership Advisory, we go around the circle and describe our mood using the number system and then name one thing we are thankful for. Eva said privacy, Sarai said swag, Rochelle said forgiveness, Camila said avian, Taya said silence, and I was so emotional I almost cried before catching my breath. This, I said after a couple of uninterrupted seconds. I just finished Toni Morrison's book, so I really think I was in my feelings. Camila handed me a Kleenex without missing a beat, and Raina came in right after. I'm grateful for my friends, yo, in Brooklyn. We always got Brooklyn. Miss G moved on pretty quickly after that, but Camila just stared at me and mouthed, you okay? I nodded, pulled the hood over my head, and steeled myself for the rest of the day. After finishing the bluest eye, my heart is heavy like I got a bunch of stones in my hoodie pocket. Books make you tap into your own memories. Those memories come with old feelings, feelings you think you've put to bed just to find out after each page is read and the story unfolds, those memories have awakened one by one. Memories of being afraid, memories of being not enough, memories of being judged, the kind of things that keep you up at night or the kind of things that make you want to flip into survival mode when someone randomly catcalls you. Have you ever been catcalled? It's like running, running, running forever towards safety, away from the sounds that scare you most. It's like pretending you are in control of your own life, of your own ideas, with no idea of who wants to take your light from you. It's like running until you hit a wall and the wall doesn't budge and the wall doesn't care that you're scared and you've been taught to fear the sounds of walls blocking your path, blocking your way, blocking your vision. Have you ever been catcalled? 
Being called ma, sweetie, sugar, honey, by people who don't know you. They sound so sweet when they say sweetie, sugar, ma, yo, ma, your heart knows you can't trust it and your blood races and your eyes dart and you begin to sweat because you've seen what those sweet nothings can become if you don't accept them gracefully, if you don't acknowledge them. Have you ever been catcalled and witnessed ma transform into the word bitch and watched baby bloom then cut into the word slut and learn how easily sugar can be shortened into a nasty slur. Have you ever been catcalled? Have you ever been chased? Have you ever been followed? Have you ever had to run, swing, and hide from danger? Have you ever been followed? Have you ever been chased up the block behind the stairs? Have you ever felt your heart beat, 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 beating in your chest? Have you felt your heart beat, stutter, step, kick, and climb its way up your throat? Have you ever been bitten for saying no thank you? Have you ever been kicked for saying I'm not interested? Have you ever felt like you might not make it home safe? Have you ever felt like you might not make it home? Have you ever felt like you might not make it? I think I'll stop there. Thank you so much for sharing all of those wonderful pieces of this book with us. Thank you. One of my favorite, I, and I haven't heard it in a while. One, one of my favorite things is hearing people read their work and we haven't had that in a while. And so that mm -hmm. was so special, especially the, the poetry and the verse portions, just there's a different, uh, an elegance to how they come out. Mm. Thank you. Um, and I want to, I'm I, while you were reading, I was trying to figure out how to articulate this vignette that I want to, <laughs> weave here which is that this book does so much which is part of the reason that I love it and it does so much within it, it's not a very long book so it's pretty it's short but it does all of these things um that made me want to reach out to different people who have been a part of my vignettes throughout mm. my life mm -hmm. um with you read one of the rewind sections but it's that the book doesn't take place over a very long period of time in the present but when you rewind and you give us those rewind sections you're reminded of how cyclical so many things are and mm. also how some people are only in your life for a short period of time. They may be a part of just one of your vignettes or they may be part of multiple or all of them. Mm -hmm. uh, and what I really loved about this format and the size of it and the vividness of this new world that you built is I felt like we were only a part of Angel's vignette, this one small piece, um, but there were so many you got to see so much more with those rewind sections. And so I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about the idea for one, the hybrid of using both verse and prose um, as a little bit of a mixture there. And then also how you decided to go back and forth in the places that you did with the rewind sections and just the structure. Mm -hmm. Um, so the rewind, I think, 
I gotta be honest and say it was more for me because I mm-hmm. find myself in in life just sitting in a present moment and always feeling like there's a, a, a this deja vu that's happening or yeah. there's something that reminds me so much of something else and I literally replay it right there as I'm sitting mm-hmm. <laughs> in the moment to the point that you know people would do that that snapping sound. <laughs> come back yeah come back come back and so I wanted to give that for Angel uh give her some give her give her moments where she can like parse through the really difficult things even though she's like trying to rewrite her present um she's Mm. moved all the way across you know this (laughs) the country um out of safety measures um, enacted by her mother. And in turn, she's like, she's mad at her mom. She's mad at herself. She's mad at the ex. Um, And then she realizes all of it is really, you know, connected. All of it's connected. All of it. And then the the memories are showing those small threads, the way in which, you know, our emotional past uh, informs how we respond to our present. So I wanted to to use that to be kind of the the spoke, you know, the spoke in that wheel, that wheel of time, um, so that not only are we honest about, you know, it, it doesn't just everything isn't solved. Um, a lot of the times we are we are moving with our wounds in mind, mm-hmm. and so if we just added those rewind moments into the book. I wanted that to give, you know, the reader time to kind of adjust and maybe even like think about how their own memories show up. And one thing I noticed about the book in general, which unfortunately I feel like is not quite the case with a lot of YA novels, not to their detriment, but one thing that stood out to me that I really enjoyed about this one is that pretty much everyone, every character on a base level is very kind Mm. (laughs) um there there are a few um you know moments of tension within uh the school group but other those are just real world situations that those girls got themselves into Mm -hmm. um but it didn't feel like anyone was overtly vicious to each Mm other um even amongst the the boys and the girls too they they did boy stuff and made comments and the cat calls and different things like that but um everything is not resolved but addressed and people Mm -hmm. spoke to each other and communicated which was a part of that that school group as well to to give those girls a place to communicate with each other and have a sense of vulnerability and I loved that so much because it unfortunately felt a little bit like a dream world Mm. (laughs) which I know which I I know that a lot of that is probably coming from like you said your experience is teaching and working with um kids and young adults but I wanted to I wanted to hear what you had to say just about that um making that the environment that Angel goes into because like you Mm. said moving into a new environment cross country with no friends and trying to make a place for yourself while healing is really difficult and there are often people who will not welcome you but push you away instead and so I wanted to hear what the importance was for you of 
making this a place where she could thrive. Mm, I, <laughs> so, right. The utopia is <laughs> and I wanted to like really push back against people, people's ideas of New York City. They yeah. just think, you know, everyone's running around being vicious and, and jumping <laughs> over turnstiles and kicking baby cribs. And it's just, <laughs> there is so much space for goodness. And our yeah. young people really remind me of that. When I was teaching, there's always, you know, the facade of, of toughness. Mm -hmm. that's a veneer like it, it really is and they, they're young people even when they're of age like 17 18 that still have childlike qualities that if you just make a space that's safe for them they'll revert to that right they yeah. want to be young they want to be kids they want to have friends and I didn't want this book to be another investigation of the bullying um yeah I feel like Clarence Guy did that enough uh, <laughs> for um, But I also wanted to like really show that, you know, I knew these kids, like these instances, I watched young people show up for each other. And mm -hmm. there's so many moments that we miss because we're telling them like too much this and not enough that. And, and instead of just watching what's happening, we're really missing the growth. And this was my attempt at being like, even though it feels super sugar sweet, it is possible. I have seen it. And I've seen it in the, in the most um, heinous of times. You know, I'm walking into group homes um, with yeah. teenage mothers where uh, young girls are, you know, pregnant by men double their age um, or pregnant because he promised a cell phone or mentally unstable. And, you know, their, their child had to be taken away from them, but they, they wanted to come to that poetry class. So they came back. So even amidst the most wild uh, uh, predicament, right? The most wild setting, these kids wanted to be in a space where they could be kids, where they could be with their peers, where they could be young people and not be judged and make mistake and laugh and all those things. So I just wanted to, to create a book showing them like, no, I see you. And, and yeah, there may be moments of like real crassness, like the cat calling. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to pretend that that doesn't happen. That yeah disservice to our young people that's the disservice to us when we just pretend like oh no it's fine no it's not fine that's that's rape culture at its best it's not fine yeah you know we call bullshit you can't say this anymore to these young people you like they've learned this from the adults it's not like they mm -hmm. just walked out the crib and say you know what i'm gonna try you know, today yeah <laughs> i'm gonna well, try and call somebody no they learned that from and, us and to that point learning things from adults, I wanna I wanna go back and disagree with you. I did say it sounded uh, like a dream, but also I wouldn't say that it is super sugary sweet saccharine okay. uh, because it's not it's not uh, like it's not fake. It's not like it never happened. Mm -hmm. It's just that it doesn't happen as often as it should, and therefore. I am glad that this book now exists and that I can give it to people and put it in people's mm -hmm. hands to show them the easier route. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it is it is not impossible to be kind and to make space for people. And I and a lot of times a lot of the stories we hear require people, and especially with people of color and young women of color we need them to, we want them to suffer in order to watch them be strong. Mm. And, 
and they don't have to. And they don't have to. Say it again so they can hear you in the back. That is the sermon. They all right? do not have to. <laughs> no, yes. Thank you for saying that because I, yeah. I, I mean, I, I said sugar sweet only because I know that people are picking up these books because of what it's on the cover what it looks like but then they're like waiting for like some real big traumatic thing to happen and while I didn't want to pretend that I was pulling from a character who had experienced you know some some kind of trauma but also I didn't want to like let her like wallow in it I didn't want that to be the only yeah. thing because like that's not that's not our reality right we can move past these things it has happened it it is, it does not make us. Um, and so while I, I nodded at it in the first, you know, the first portion, I wasn't interested in like, we're going to have a whole bunch of those moments. Nah, I, it just, it was too much for me as a, as a woman. Yeah. <laughs> and, the I, world. and I also, I loved that too, because I, it, we don't, when we meet people in new phases of our vignettes and our, our like current vignettes, after things like that have happened to us, we don't sit down and tell everyone the full story. People can yeah. see that you have been through things. And I, it really, the way that that was written, I didn't want to know more. You gave me enough. Mm. I honestly, I, I could have known less. Mm. And it still would have been enough to know that you could have just told me that Angel had been through something. And mm -hmm. it was visible in the way that she spoke, the way she talked to her brother, the fact that she was angry with her mom, because that always happens, especially with girls. <laughs> um, when mom is trying her best, she is still making you angry somehow. And also like how she interacts with her uncle Spence and the things that she wants and that she's trying to do. And my favorite my favorite rewind, I think, was when she's shopping with uh, Ava, Eva, yeah. and she thinks back to when Darius called her beautiful, and she and then Eva calls her beautiful when they're trying on clothes at the thrift store, and that like it made me want to cry because it felt so much more special to have that mem like to have that memory not replaced but sort of wash over like waves over sand like yeah. Darius's was written in the sand and uh and Eva's calling Angel beautiful like reminded her that she is and that mm. she could be yeah despite who sees it right yeah like he is not I mean there there should be no romantic partner or person who who decides how we feel about ourselves and yeah. unfortunately romantic relationships specifically are the ones that we carry with us for so long it's like well this one said that I wasn't funny or this one said you know that you know I'm out of shape or this one said that I'm not pretty as this person and you hold that forever it doesn't matter yeah. who else says that you are beautiful um something about that one negative romantic partner that can really change you know how you you know the course of how you feel about yourself and I, I, I love that you said grain of sand. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I want that. I want, I want us to see that all of this is built on, you know, us being the water. We wash yeah. away what is no longer needed. Like exactly. we grow and we go. Absolutely. I love that. And then I, I wanted to talk about uh, writing YA specifically and for 
young people and the the focus that you have on on creating work and art for young people and what that means to you um because mm -hmm. YA novels have been some of my favorite forever but especially now and this one in particular just felt like the the book that you give someone to make them want to read which i know is probably a huge part of your work in literacy advocacy and activism and with communities and things like that um but it made me want to put it on a syllabus for freshman english students to get them to go and read tony morrison and maya angelou and nora and all these people and it just it really like if someone's like i want to start reading i don't read a lot i'm gonna be like here's vinyl moon Mahogany mm -hmm. will tell you everything you need to know. <laughs> I love Good this. Luck. Enjoy. <laughs> I was trying to do like, because I've always loved reading. That's never been my issue. But yeah, I did. I have a cousin who like, that's just not her. It wasn't her thing. She was just like, oh, this is so boring. And so I would have to find new ways of yeah. encouraging her to read with me because I was really a bookworm. I like, that was my jam. I would mm -hmm. be lost in the library for hours if you let me. Um, so remembering those moments with my cousin, I was like, how would I talk to her now with what I know before I could just yeah. kind of guilt her into it. We're only like two or three years. <laughs> but now, like, how would I talk to a young person? I was like, oh, of course, music. Absolutely. Like, that's yeah. the most accessible thing that we all have in common. We all have access to this. So we can talk about mm -hmm. this. And if not, you know, somebody can look up really quick. Oh, James Blake, Gary, Gary Clark Jr. Oh, Okay. I loved I loved that one specifically, the James Blake Gary Clark Jr. I was like, that is a that is a mood right there. <laughs> yes. They they both make me want to be like, I'm just gonna go sit over here and think about all the things. <laughs> <laughs> they, they make you really be in touch with your soul, I swear. Mm -hmm. Good sober, good sober. Did you make a playlist for Vinyl Moon while you were writing it? Or were there any, like, do you have a Vinyl Moon vibes playlist? Mm -hmm. I have songs that I kept returning to, um, but I was mostly listening to like SoundCloud playlists. Mm -hmm. um, because that's- Getting an she, angel's head. Yeah. 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 I was like, how would she like, who is she vibing to? And- mm -hmm. I think that I think who she listens to is a bit different than who I listen to, um, especially as an adult, right? Yeah. Uh, I love talking about literacy advocacy for young people because what they have taught me in this fight for them just having access is that there are so many ways in which to engage with literacy. Mm -hmm. And so the music became, you know, that became uh, an amazing um, toehold for me because I know that, all right, it, who are they listening to? It's it's readily there. And then of course I have a daughter who's been amazing at, at being my point person because I think I really know what I'm doing. <laughs> okay. It's like this. She's like, um, nobody listens to that anymore. <laughs> nah, no, 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 no. Don't do that. <laughs> so that's been really helpful. Like, like finding new ways and really making myself, you know, do the work. What is, what is the yeah. work look like? Um, we all can learn. We all we all have room to grow. And then another thing I wanted to talk to you about was the portraits on the covers of your books, this one and Chlorine Sky, because they are 
so beautiful. Um, and when I finally saw the cover of Vinyl Moon, I, I loved it so much. And I was hoping you could tell us a little bit about, uh, one, I guess the decision to, to choose those covers as portraits and then who made them. Um, so the first one was created by a sister out in Detroit, if I'm correct. Yes. Let me open that book. So the first one was from uh, a graphic designer in Detroit, visual artist and designer. And she uh, was stunning because we just sent her uh, St. Rose. She goes by St. Rose. We just sent her a poem that kind of showed the voice. I didn't say anything outside of she like wears her hair in a puff. That's it. Uh -huh. And this she came back with. So I was like, I really love the ekphrastic experience where yeah. I'm just doing my thing. And then I, you know, look at the artwork, the artist's work that already exists. And I'm like, okay, I feel like they can, you know, vibe with me. And then mm -hmm. just send them a poem or send them a piece that says something about the character that I'm building and, and just be ready for whatever they, they give back. I'm not, I didn't want to be like, no, no, do more of this, do less of this. W did the second book, Vinyl Moon. And <clears throat> that probably had a little more back and forth, but not because of me, because uh, he did such a beautiful job with the first iteration. It had bodegas, it had record stores. Mm -hmm. I was in love with it. I was in love. And yeah. uh, marketing was just like, it's too busy. It, like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, but it's a bodega. <laughs> it's a bodega. Look at it. It's a bodega and a record store. It's called Vinyl Moon. The moon's right there. Yeah. It was everything. And I just was so pleased. But, you know, I'm not a marketer. So I had to just, you know, stand stand my ground about how she looked, which they were fine mm -hmm. about. Um, yeah. And go with, you know, what the background looks like. Uh, so, yeah, W did a great job. He did an ex. I didn't say anything except, like, maybe, you know, make her her baby hair prominent and yeah um I think he even did like he caught everything with the her sweatshirt it's like a sweatshirt of palm trees mm -hmm. I was like yo you're really smart <laughs> I didn't say anything but you see the California sweatshirt in front of a Brooklyn uh -huh. Bridge you know I mean? yeah so I was really pleased with it only thing I ever asked is that we have real looking black girls you know mm -hmm. like I want real looking black girls and now and they don't have to be what is considered, you know, Western beauty. I want braids. I want the Afro yeah. puff. I want everything that we see in our neighborhoods because that is beautiful, period. Yes. I loved it so much. I know I, I can't wait till uh, we get our copies of Vinyl Moon and Star, which by the time this is out, we will, and I can put yeah. them next to each other and have them sitting next to each other on the shelf. They're in conversation. <laughs> I know, I know, and I love it so much. Um, another question that I like to uh, ask people, uh, two more that I'll, I'll close us out with, but the first one is, is there a, you do so many different things in writing so many different formats and mediums, but is there a, a medium or a form that you really, really love and appreciate but just cannot really do. <laughs> if there's one you would you would like to try or you have tried that really just isn't your avenue, um, 
but it's something you really love and appreciate. That's good. You know what? Self-help books. I think those are magnificent. I'm like, how do you <laughs> make the thing so plainly? Yeah. But also keep it artistic. I think someone who does that really well is um, Christine Platt, Afro-minimalist. She, she makes a guide for how to live minimalist, minimalism. Mm-hmm. And it sounds, you know, easy. You just throw everything away. But no, she has like yeah. this a whole process and she's walking you through your psychology of ownership and possessiveness. And I just would have never, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, impossible. I could not have tapped into that self-help market because at one point I'm just like, you know what I mean, right? You get it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, no, that's why I'm reading. <laughs> so I don't think, I think the self-help lane is, is a beautiful avenue in which I would love to rent an apartment, but I do not have any, any land there. Well, and it's, it's funny that you say that because I was thinking and we, we kind of just didn't get around to it, but I was thinking when you mentioned SoundCloud and Angel's playlist that 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 is what reminded me of it. Here we go rewinding <laughs> in real time. Um, but her posting this playlist um, and then, you know, reading the comments on it and people um, either saying that it's a great mix or people saying that she has no idea what she's listening to and her music is terrible mm-hmm. and things like that. But her friends, uh, her friends reminding her that her, like her mixes are for her. Ultimately, mm-hmm. you, you make your art for yourself and for mm-hmm. the people that you, you know, you are making it for, but regardless of that feedback, if you need to make your art to survive and move and heal, then that is yours and you get to do that. And I feel like that is very much a self-help lesson, something I have very much learned in therapy. So you are doing it in just a little bit of a different medium. Yes, but also with art, right? Like I'm I'm in a specific space where I'm a performance poet and I'm coming into this YA world and it's completely different. It's just- it's a different world. Um, and there was a moment where I was like, am I right? Am I writing the good thing? Like, I don't know. Um, so I wanted to like, really like take a, a quick look at it through Angel's eyes. And yeah. what is the thing that I needed to hear most, which is, it doesn't matter what list you make. It doesn't matter what award you get or don't get. Did you make the art? Did you do the work? Do you feel like you're healing, right? Like those are most important. The other things are like icing on the cake, but like, what about the cake? We still have cake. Yeah. So focus on that. And so maybe that was more for me than Angel, but shout out to <laughs> that moment. And then uh, the question I love to end on is what is filling you up right now? Is there anyone that you would like to uplift, especially while you're out working, anything that's filling you up, that's inspiring you, turning your lights on, anyone yeah. you want to tell us about? I'm currently finishing up two books that have been like so good to read. For me, um, Jill Louise Busby's Unfollow Me, which is a book on mm-hmm. essays and uh, required reading for the disenfranchised freshman by Christine R. Lee. It hasn't been dropped yet. She's also on Crown. And I opened it and was like, 
already in love. It's a YA book, but she's like so on point with the authentic teen voice. Um, so yeah, that's exciting. That's really exciting. Those two, those two are what I'm, I'm focused on now. And I'm always jumping between books. I do about yeah. a book every other week. So for me, <laughs> trying to write the next book, um, promote this book and still remain <laughs> inspired by these other two books is a wild ride. It's a wild one, but it could be worse things. You know what I mean? Like I could not breed on a beach. Like I could yeah. <laughs> have a eyesight. I don't know. Like I'm going to make it work either way. Um, but those, those are the things that are, that are moving me. Um, of course, Star Trek Discovery season mm-hmm. four has arrived and Love is Blind Brazil. You always need a really easy reality show to fall into. <laughs> and I love them very much. They're horrible. <laughs> I love them. And I love them so much. I can't even help it. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Mahogany, for taking the time to talk to me today. I am so excited for Vinyl Moon to be out in the world and for us to be able to share it with our readers and our listeners. Again, my guest today was Mahogany L. Brown, and you can get her new YA novel, Vinyl Moon, from Skylight Books, or you can order your copy online at skylightbooks.com. Thank you for listening to the Skylight Books podcast series. Please don't forget to visit our website at skylightbooks.com and make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for more author talks and bookseller conversations. You can find us on Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify. Stay safe and healthy, and we hope to see you back in our store soon.